0: Allegis Global Solutions presents the Subject to Talent podcast, a hub for global workforce leaders to unleash the power of human enterprise. Thank you for listening in as we explore the most innovative and transformational topics impacting business today. Hi, I'm Bruce Morton, the host of Subject to Talent podcast. Today I'm joined by Simon Bradbury. Simon is the Vice President of EMEA here at Allegious Global Solutions. He's a real advocate for driving change, and he's spent his career in the workforce industry all across Asia and Europe, overseeing growth and operational excellence across the globe. Simon and I recently actually wrote a book called The Universal Workforce Model, which outlines a different future-forward view of how business can get work done, and a target operating model for skills-based organizations, which we'll be discussing on the podcast today. Welcome back to the podcast, Simon. Simon.
1: Hey Bruce, thank you so much. Yeah, great to be back and uh, good to see you.
0: Good to see you. So since you've been on the podcast a few times, we'll go ahead and skip our typical first questions that we do on the podcast and get straight into the reason why we're here today. Um, The last time you were guest here was when we launched the concept of the universal workforce model. So I want to ask you, how has the model evolved and what is now shaping the future of work?
1: Yeah, thank you. It, it's slightly strange talking to you about this, Bruce, isn't it, since you and I talk about this all the time. And I think we probably share one another's uh, knowledge and thoughts and views on this whole thing. So, so look, I, I think it's been really exciting over the last um, 18 months or so, seeing how things have evolved and and, and how things have changed. And I think we sort of reached a bit of a realisation that, that that when we did the, the book around the universal workforce model, we were... Kind of thinking about this is our our language uh, around how can can work get done, and we were it was our verbiage and and you know and structuring it in a way that kind of made sense to us to to try and break things down to, um, you know the fundamentals of understand the underlying work, um, understand the task rather than kind of relying on a job spec and 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 therefore what are the knock on implications of that, and I think what we've seen is that the um. The world around us has been. It, it, we've seen lots of organisations coming to the same realisation, but the the verbiage that's co- perhaps more common has been skills based organisation, and and therefore we've been working about okay, how can we bring these things together to understand that actually this is all really one topic. Um, I think that one of the one of the really interesting points I think we, we've talked about is that when you when you break down uh, what we're getting to, we've. We used it, it some of it seems really blindingly obvious. We use this analogy. we use it in the, in, the, in the article that 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 was published recently about kind of wheels on suitcases moment. refer to it what, what we mean by that is that the um if you if you look at the the history of luggage like you know the wheel was invented five and a half thousand years ago. Um, it was several, you know, it was, it was, in the 16th century, several hundred years ago that, that luggage wouldn't travel with would kind, of, kind of, became the thing, but it was the 1970s before anyone actually put wheels on a suitcase. Right. And we, and today it's like, well, how on earth, you know, that wasn't a 10 year gap or a 20 year gap. That was hundreds of years. Right. How on earth did everyone miss that? And now, you know, when's the last time someone bought a suitcase that they go traveling that didn't have wheels on it? And And the reason we use that analogy is because. I think the same will be true of the world of workforce, how how workforces are acquired, and I intentionally use the word workforce rather than talent acquisition or, or, or contractor because we're looking at the the whole workforce. And what I mean by that is that the the way that the world hires people is broadly based around looking at the responsibilities of a job. And matching those responsibilities to someone's experience, and that just isn't the best way of doing it. The best way of doing it, or far better way of doing it, is underlying understanding that underlying work, and then figuring out well what's going to uh, what's going to make someone successful at delivering that, and what's going to make someone successful is not necessarily the same as that. It regularly isn't the same as have they done this before? We're going to use right. multiple analogies as we go through. One of them would be. Um, uh, if you need, if you needed someone, if the job was navigating to New York or Edinburgh, depending where you are, um, you could say, "Well, I need someone that's I need someone that's gone to Edinburgh before or gone to New York before. That's what I need." Or you could say, "I just need someone that's good at reading maps." And and that's the distinction between have the experience versus the um, the kind of the skill set, and 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 that that move. Is, is, is going to make such a difference to organizations. It's going to drive productivity. It's going to make jobs more interesting. It's going to make far more sort of availability of, of talent. Um, as, as I believe we'll see a talent crunch over the course of the next year or two as, as economic, um, uh, uh, conditions improve. So, so, so it's a bit of a whistle stop tour, but I would, I would, I would definitely say things have moved on. And I would say that the using common language. So that, so that the communication and the concepts can be discussed across organisations in a, in a commonly understood way. I think that's been a really significant change over the last 18 months.
0: Great. And in the um, universal workforce model, if we introduced the role of the workforce business partner. Can you just uh, share with the audience uh, how that role itself is evolving and how that pertains to the target operating model, as well as the role of the uh, workforce acquisition manager as well, if you just... Another whistle stop tour yeah, yeah I mean, uh,
1: absolutely so so um in let me let me start with the the target operation model as kind of an introduction so we what why have we recently published a target operation model for this, this you know, skills-based organization target operating model and and the answer to that is that the the derivative of the conversations that we were having with organizations about the universal workforce model was was we get it, we agree, we understand the principle of kind of task not jobs and matching to skills and kind of, that means a kind of, if you're going to find the right skill, harmonising your your, your approach to the workforce. We introduced the concept of the workforce business partner, um, aligned to the thinking behind an HR business partner, someone that transcends the transactional, that can support the business and make the right decision about the best way to get work done. One of the things that we've we've just experienced, partly because we have introduced Workforce Business Partners in our own world in our own organisation, and partly through conversations with other external organisations, as we begin this this journey, it is it is very much a journey. Is that there's a kind of a delineation in roles between the uh, the, the, the 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 role that does that is the advisory role of the Workforce Business Partner that transcends the transactional and the execution role the person that actually is going to be going to take ownership of a requirement because we still need to hire people right it's still there are still human beings coming in to do work it's just that the way that we figure out the best way of getting the work done and the best humans to get the work done is is we're matching against what's going to make someone successful as opposed to what are the responsibilities and what's their experience so so that means that, that you need an execution role. That execution role is gonna span all the different elements of the workforce. So permanent recruitment, including internal hiring, um, gig hiring, uh, uh, contractor hiring, and like, like services provision as well. All of those uh, have availability of skills. So what we've done is we've realized as the evolution's happened, that actually there's really two roles here. There's the, 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 the workforce business partner, in an advisory role and there's a workforce acquisition manager that's in an execution role both of them spanning the the entire workforce neither of those roles really exist in in, in many organizations today when we wrote the book as I, as I know that you know we didn't talk about the workforce acquisition manager we talked about the workforce business partners really the key move and although it was something that had crossed our minds at that point i don't think we'd really fully fleshed it out and i think that's something it's a really good example of the evolution of of our thinking as we've been going through this over, over the course of the last year or two,
0: right? And the how is technology obviously you can't have a conversation these days without mentioning AI. So how is technology playing into all of this? What's the movement?
1: Yep. So so again, let me let me link the technology to the target operating model. Um, uh, conversation again. I'm sure we'll put on the we'll put a link to the to the articles that we've published at MIT Sloan um, and the Times Draconteur article that that, that detail the target operation model. Uh, but just to bring that to life and link in the the, the technology piece in the target operation model, we say we're saying you need a workforce business partner. To, to transcend the transactional, support the business and advise. You need a workforce acquisition manager, as we were just saying, to execute on the roles. You you need change. You need you need change management in there because change will be absolutely constant, and that ensures that you get adoption, um, behavioural change of of you know new processes and, and so on. Um, and you still need sourcing. Right? You still need to actually find um uh, people, and and source people to come in and and do the role. So they're they're the kind of four elements that make up the. Organizational design, the OD of the, the the kind of new workforce structure that we see, and then all of that is supported by a kind of a, a different a, a different technology structure. Now, what what we see here is when we w- you and I talk to companies every day, um, some of them are existing clients of ours, some of them are, are you know a prospective clients of ours in the future or, or organizations that we're, that we're, that we're just, I know, debating the, the best future models with. And almost all of them in our experience, certainly in my experience would say, um, that, that technology for them, workforce related technology is complex and, and not as effective as they would like it to be. And I'm probably being a little bit polite when I say that. For some, it's a total disaster and expensive and they never and a great disappointment. So what the approach that we've taken is to say, well, this needs to be simplified and, and really taking a step back and rather than kind of incrementally trying to improve what's out there today, say what's a better way of doing this? And wh- where we've landed with that and, and again, we detail this in the book, and we've we fleshed out a little bit further. And it's a key part of the target operating model that, that that really is the you know that underpins the the work in the book is is organizations have systems of record. They have their own core systems of record in areas like finance, you know, HR. Um, often they have sales systems, and 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 I could go on. But certainly, in the world of workforce, they'll have a permanent rec- recruitment system, an ATS, and often a. Non-permanent system of VMS, and they're all kind of interlinked in one way or another. But they're their core systems of record. The challenge is that they don't do everything; they they only do certain elements of. Uh, they do, they don't, for example, cover digital candidate experience. Um, they don't cover external uh, uh, data access in 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 real time. So there's a there's a wide number of areas that that really need to be. They don't cover screening in many cases they don't cover skills testing so there's there's a number of other areas that need that we need we need these other tools and 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 what we see at the moment is organizations often trying to inter, implement and integrate multiple technologies from multiple different angles and that leads to a kind of chaotic situation where it becomes deeply complicated to get something up and running. It takes a long time, and by the time something is implemented, it's, it's potentially obsolete. So we have a vision of of, of the inter the systems of record being kind of integrated via a digital data warehouse, and the same applying to the external systems, the bolt-on systems that are really giving the consumer grade experience and, and the kind of the up-to-date elements that, of those, those other kind of areas that I, that I touched on. So we see those, those two data warehouses talking to one another and exchanging information. So you've got an established link, and then that simplifies the process because you can linking the external um, uh, uh, system technologies and data products into an external data warehouse so so we we call that an intelligent workforce platform it's something that we've been working on for a number of years it is something that we are seeing adoption slowly um, around and beginning to see that that concept um, take hold uh, but it's certainly something that we believe will will we'll continue and it's a really good point Bruce an example of how big the scope of the concepts that we're talking about are and why we don't expect them to be overnight shifts and overnight changes it illustrates how well you can't you this isn't just an hr issue or a procurement issue or even a finance issue this is an it issue it spans across a whole organization and therefore by its very nature um, it's going to take time for uh, for things to be adopted, but what we want to do is give a north star to organisations to give something that companies can go. Okay, I can see that it's a one pager. It's simple. It's straightforward. I see how the organisational design and the and the and the technology ecosystem interact with one another and sit together. And that's something that we can aim towards. And that's really the that's really the ultimate aim of the
0: target operating model. Great. And, and looping this back to, as you're saying, all of this sort of underpins what is now called skills based organizations or skills based hiring. Um, it's getting an awful lot of press right now. But how how can organizations start the journey? Because, you know, if you dumb down the articles on skills based organizations, it's sort of saying, oh, you don't need to ask for um, education anymore. And <laughs> we, we know it's, it's way, way past that. But, You know, how how do organizations stop themselves from jumping in to, oh, okay, let's just refine our job specs and carry on as we were, to truly get the benefit of what's sitting right in front of us right now, for everything you said earlier, and enabling organizations to truly take advantage of AI that is here and is is coming at the speed of light. Yeah, brilliant.
1: Well, let let, let me take those two, the kind of the the what's skills-based first, and then kind of the how do we take advantage of AI kind of second. Um, so, so I think you make a great point that, and certainly I, I've experienced this when I've read uh, articles around, um, you know, people, organizations moving to skills-based, or skills-based, what does this mean, skills-based hiring? And the headline often is, well, education doesn't matter anymore. And and that is obviously, and that's an oversimplification as you, as you quite rightly point out, although it is part of it. And I, in fact, when I was talking earlier, I, I was talking about experience, and that's another example of actually that's an oversimplification on itself. What 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 we're really talking about is, and, and so I'm going to break this down first of all to so what is skills based? Okay, because because often we, people are like, I don't even know what is this. What does it mean? Give me an example. Um, so here's an example. It's a slightly tongue-in-cheek example, but I will use it. It does illustrate the point um, uh, in terms of the, the, the distinction. If you think about um, think of it from a social media perspective. Professional social media, best example being LinkedIn, is is essentially uh, you, you you talk about uh, these are the organisations that I've worked at. This is how long I was there for. Um, this is what I did when I was there. Um, uh, this was my reason for leaving. Potentially that that kind of thing. That's essentially what you're you're detailing as a, as, as relevant information on, on professional social media. If you compare that to, for example, Like dating, um, uh, uh, like online dating, social media, uh, tools, et cetera. When someone's on an online dating um, app, they don't list, well, here's all my previous relationships, Um, here's what I did during those relationships here's my reason for leaving those relationships you know that, that, that that's not that's not what people people talk about something else they talk about here's what I've got to offer here's what here's what I could provide here's what here's what I have to offer to make a success of a relationship or to make a success with you and that's the same distinction um the distinction being um you know th- 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 it's about being successful in the future as opposed to a, a, a list of a list of kind of historical events and and that you know for me is an an, an example of what we should be doing much more from a Recruitment perspective is is focusing on on the future, and and so I think that the um, the, the the starting point, therefore, and where where would organisations start? Um, well, one of the place, one of the best places to start is to understand that a job spec isn't enough. So a job spec is. Uh, obviously a list of, you know, responsibilities and, and actions in a particular role. We still need that for HR purposes, but we want to understand what's going to make someone successful in this role, as I alluded to earlier on. Well, that needs to be detailed. What are the relevant skills? What are the relevant competencies? There may well be qualifications. There may be certain elements of experience that are in there, but the essence being what makes someone successful, not what, what is someone actually going to do? And I think that's a uh, uh, you know a really really good starting point in terms of understanding um you know what what, what that's going to mean for, for for kind of skills-based organizations going forward and then that means that we going into going into hiring we're looking at finding people that have got that have got the relevant skills and um, we had an, uh, one of our clients actually uh, recently an example was talking about how um we'd uh, uh, the, the traditional hiring processes weren't working uh, we we broke down, sat down with them and broke down exactly what was needed in this particular area, in a marketing area, in a a major international organization. They were crystal clear about what makes someone successful in their marketing department. We then revisited that kind of success profile, that success overlay with the existing talent pool and and eight candidates were interviewed, all of whom were were accepted by the, by the people that were interviewing in the business and previously all eight had been screened out. Now that's a fairly extreme example, but it's exactly what happened. And now you, now you've got a client that's gone from um, being very frustrated with the talent that's coming through to being delighted, and actually it was the same talent pool, but it was the criteria that were that were very different. So I think that's a um, that, that's a really good example. It's a good example of a starting point. Actually, there's there's yeah. a whole lot of other stuff that needs to be done in terms of well, you know, are oh, we going to have a s- common skills taxonomy and so on across um, a, a, a across a whole organisation? But you don't need. To to use another phrase, you don't you, to use a cliche. You don't need to ball the ocean on this stuff. You can you can yep. start somewhere, get the success stories, and 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 take it from there. Um, the the yeah. AI point that you raise is I, I, again, I think this is a wonderful point. And in fact, if, if I if I take you and I on a journey back three years, when we very very first started, started talking about. Is there a better way to you know to change the industry to to to, to change workforce? And we were we were researching, and you know, I remember we read books with uh, by John Boudreau and 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 so on. Who um, and John obviously wrote you know contributed to the book that that, that we wrote as well. Um, John's original work um, with uh, Raven Tuzerin was was around. Um, Automation and and actually you know understanding the underlying work because otherwise you can't see the opportunities around automation and actually AI is very closely linked to that because it's basically so so it's kind kind of gone full circle because we were we were we we brought that and we were inspired by that um, in certain ways in terms of the, the 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 work that we looked at across the whole kind of workforce acquisition um, process but actually right at the very heart of it right at the very beginning was. If you understand the underlying work and you've got someone that's looking at that, you've got a role that's looking at that, that gives you an opportunity to um, look at automation opportunities, not necessarily automating whole roles, but basically automating the bordering bits of those jobs, making the jobs themselves more interesting and making everything more efficient all at once. Kind of everyone wins. Well, that's the role that AI is going to play. Um, I, there was an article in The Economist in, in June of last year where they were saying it's going to take 10 years for organizations to major enterprises take advantage of the benefits that AI have to offer because they're just not set up to look at these things. A, if they put up big picture projects and it takes years for them to come through and actually the kind of micro opportunities of, okay, well, could we, could we do this little bit? Could we automate this little bit? Or well, that's something that's being improved over there. That isn't really the way organizations are set up people are are, are set up to not take risks like that and and therefore opportunities are missed. Well, in our model, in our target operating model, that role sits squarely with the workforce business partner. That is a role that most companies do not have today, but they would be there to kind of deconstruct roles, to support the business, to understand what the opportunities are and go, hey, have we thought about doing it this way? We actually could make this job more interesting, more fulfilling for the individuals that are going to be delivering it and drive efficiency. And it's there on a kind of day-to-day micro basis rather than kind of being looked at on on exclusively a macro basis. So the productivity opportunities that are there for Organisations, I know that we we agree are absolutely massive.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. If the biggest advice about where to start is start, right? <laughs> start somewhere, but start small, and that that brings us full circle. Really, is in you know, organisations, have you got suitcases and wheels in your company, and you haven't put them together yet? Um, I have another analogy for you. That just this morning, I saw a news feed. The Luxotica, you know, the spectacle glasses company, they're just launching glasses with a healing aid built in. Oh wow. Which wow. makes all the sense in the world, right? So in future people will say, could you imagine people used to wear glasses and healing aids? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a good example for us for, it's a for fantastic
1: example. <laughs> I, was, um, I wish I'd thought of that myself
0: a few years yeah, ago. I know. Why hasn't everybody else thought of that before? I guess that's a technology <laughs> thing as well because they've realized now that the whatever it is in the glasses handles don't need to be in your ears. But anyway, digressing. Um, so uh, this brings us to the closing point of our podcast here. Great conversation as always, Simon. Um, I really like the analogy that you kicked off with. I think that's something people can take away from this, just thinking sometimes these things don't have to be complex. The answer might be right in front of us. Start simple. Do you need somebody that's been to Edinburgh before or somebody that can turn on a GPS? Um, so, yeah, all great, great examples, great conversation, You mentioned a couple of articles. Could you just share with the audience, and we'll put it in the link as well when we post this out, but uh, how people can track you down to ask more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, as you, said, as you mentioned, just just to replug those articles because I think they're are a, a really a really good point. I'll just re-emphasize them. The the MIT Sloan article uh, uh, you and I wrote together, and that really summarizes where we're going with the target operating model and how that is the OD and the technologi- technological ecosystem that underpins what we called historically the universal workforce model, but a skills based organization. That's that's that, and that MIT Sloan article will be there. Um, there was also an article that said a uh, 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 raconteur in the times which was which was an interview that was conducted with me and then and then kind of um, translated if you want to get in touch with me i mean you can please get in touch with me via um, uh, we'll put the email address down there all we'll the contact details there but i'm i'm obviously via religiously global solutions or via linkedin um, and bruce obviously i'm sure you'd be happy to be contacted as well but Absolutely. always always interested to hear from people that have got got thoughts or perspectives um, and and you know, I, I'm not interestingly. I read uh, someone commented on an article that was published on LinkedIn that was following up on some of the work that we've done recently, saying, "Well, it's not all about skills. You know, there, there's there's more to it than that." And, and and by the way, that that is true. Right? There's more. There, there, there's um uh that uh, it, it it is a complex landscape. But I have to also say that, that that this is a really, really good good place to start and move forward in terms of driving efficiencies and making organizations better. So, so yeah, lo- love it if people get, get in touch with us and want to drive the
0: conversation further. Great, really appreciate it, Simon. Thanks as always, have a great day.
1: Thank you, Bruce, speak
0: to you soon. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have questions, send them to subjecttotalent at allegianceglobalsolutions.com. Follow us on LinkedIn with the hashtag subjecttotalent and learn more about AGS at allegianceglobalsolutions.com where you can subscribe to receive additional workforce insights. Until next time, cheers.